Hi, I'm John Taylor. You're listening to the Attacking Scrum podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to part two of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Part two is always where we have a look at the comings and goings from the world of works rugby. And this week we've got some big games to preview with the Pro 12 playoff semi-finals and Cardiff Blues have also got a trip out to Stade Francais. As usual, we'll have a look at some of the transfer news and also a bit of a look at kind of what's going on with uh, the Welsh squad and the, uh, the the coaching staff, which also seems uh, to be a little bit strange. Always, as we start each pod, we ask you to get in touch with us and let us know your opinion at Attacking Scrum on Twitter, facebook.com slash Attacking Scrum, and also to um, to leave us a review. Let us know what you think on iTunes, subscribe on there. And uh, you've got a new review. I, I often mention on air that we'll, we'll give you a shout out if you leave us a review and sometimes forget to do it. Um, but we've got one on there from, uh, from Gareth in Cardiff. There can't be many of them. And uh, he says, uh, Jed and Dan's dulcet tones make my commute into Cardiff just about manageable. He hasn't mentioned you in there, Dave. He must be he must be going through it kind of chronologically. Can't so be a regular. Yeah, uh, it's that. Yeah, he must be going through the old ones. You know, and got up to it. Yeah, and um, uh, great chemistry, which is interesting. I wouldn't have said that no. myself. Um, took a punt on them and haven't been disappointed as consistently brilliant as Neil Jenkins in his heyday I'll take the consistency of Jenkins any day any day of the week because I, I think the reality is it's not we're not massively consistent are we I think I think we have some ups and downs that's what I like to think anyway. plenty of ups and downs yeah Yeah, which I think is a better way I think it's a better way to be it makes it a bit more fun pretty yeah. Welsh yeah I'd like I'd, yeah. I'd prefer to be Bobby a cold. Um, yeah if we were any outside off from the 90s who played for Wales who do you think we'd be I don't think we would be Neil Jenkins at all. Oh, well. I think Arwell. it has to be Arwell, isn't it? Full of promise. I think, yeah. On a, good, on a good day, Arwell Thomas, maybe on a, a bad day, uh, Sean Connor, someone like that. Sean Connor. Because Killick's got Arwell's build, so, you know, yeah. very similar. Secretly powerful. <laughs> <laughs> very secretly. Um, as you said, we're going to be chatting about um, the Pro 12 and uh, and the Blues game out in um, in Paris as well. But before we get onto that, we wanted to have a chat about um, about the the kind of latest update with uh, the Welsh squad. So we're going to have a chat about that in just a moment. But before we do that, I caught up with Mighty Murph earlier on, and he was keen to have his say about the the Welsh squad and in particular. Have his um, his say on what you had to say about. Um, about James King and Dan Baker debate last week, Dan. So here's what um, here's what the Murph had to say. Evening, Murph. Hi, mate. Okay. Yeah, good. Thank you. You? Yeah, very well. Well, not sleeping very well. No, that's probably no. Selection, selection dilemmas ahead of the Lions <laughs> keeping you awake. I, I think uh, possibly still fuming from last week where. Uh, Daniel, Dan, well, Daniel and Dav, in fairness, uh, shot down my um, Dan Baker selection. Well, this is uh, this is your right to reply, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, um, you know, uh, everyone's got their opinion, and I'm no, I'm no different, very opinionated when it comes to rugby, actually. But um, I, when uh, the boys responded to my uh, point about Dan Baker being the second best number eight in the country and all that, and uh, they were more in favour of James King, I got to thinking then about James King. 
and it's going to sound like a personal attack against against James King, but it's not against Dan, Daniel Kelly, just to be clear. Look, <laughs> personal attacks are never warranted, never <laughs> acceptable on the attacking scrum, unless it's directed at Daniel Kelly. <laughs> yeah. More than yes. that, So I was thinking about uh, James King. Uh, he's on this tour, and he's the first-choice number eight on this tour. Uh, he'd be covering the whole back five if needs, needs be. I mean, they've got three open sides, so he won't end up playing open side. But uh, then I was thinking about, uh, actually at his club, at the, uh, at the Ospreys region, uh, he's a blind side first and foremost, so he'd be behind Cracknell, and then if fit, Daniel, uh, Dan Lydiot, he'd mm-hmm. be behind him too. And then, this is a, just my call, and I know he's not Welsh, either and he's leaving as well but uh, he'd be behind Tyler Ardron for my yeah. money too so he's fourth choice blindside for the Ospreys which he's is on the best to... position as well yeah this is, this is how, yeah exactly so then at number eight I, I, I obviously think Dan Baker is a better number eight he's a better ball carrier and that's the primary job of a number eight in my, in my opinion and I like people to be picked first and foremost especially with international level, for the primary job. If you're a prop, you've got to be able to scrummage. I don't care if you can carry the ball. If you can scrummage, you're in. Like this. That's the way I look at it. So that's why I'd have Dan Baker as a first-choice number eight. And then, again, arguably, Tyler Ardron could be a better number eight than uh, than uh, James King. Um, again, he's not Welsh, but still. Uh, so that makes, in my opinion, <clears throat> a third-choice number eight, fourth-choice blindside. Uh, seven, he can play as well, and obviously he's at least third there, possibly more, but at least third choice. And second row, at least fourth choice. Yeah. So just just to be clear, before Dan maybe or maybe doesn't respond later, James King is going on this Wales tour. Yes, he's utility, but he's first choice number eight on this tour as a fourth choice for his region blindside, third choice for his region eight. At least third choice for third choice for his region seven, and God knows what choice uh, second row he is. So, so he, yeah, uh, so you're saying he's a he's a jack of all trades, if you'll pardon the pun, but yes. in Swansea, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's kind of what you're getting at. Yeah, and I mean, outside of just you know, I'm gonna go with Dan and all that. There's a broader point because he he hasn't been playing that well this season. Um, not, not that he's been in poor form, but he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't added many starts. Did he play in the autumn series? I don't know. He probably did against Japan or something. Yeah. But he hasn't been in his best form. Um, and like I say, he's not, he's not doing wonders for his club. And yet he still gets, having been in and around the Welsh squad for a while, he still gets recognition when the time comes. Likewise, I would say Scott Baldwin. Scott Baldwin, uh, is probably going his first choice on this tour mm-hmm. in front of Christian Daisy and definitely in front of uh, Ryan Elias. And I'm, I can't prove it because he's injured at the moment, but I'm convinced Sam Parry is ahead of, uh, uh, Baldwin at the Ospreys at the moment. We can't tell because when, uh, when Baldwin came back from the Six Nations, Sam, Sam Baldwin was, uh, Sam Parry, sorry, was, uh, was injured and so naturally not having that many minutes on the pitch. Yeah. Baldwin went straight into the first team anyway. But I'm convinced he's not first choice and he's not, I mean, when he was first choice of Wales, not that long ago, season or two ago, keeping Ken Owens out, he was, he was there because his scrummaging was better than mm. Ken Owens. And he's, to me, he appears to have lost weight. He's much leaner than he was then, and that will affect your scrummaging. Now Ken Owens is playing really great uh, rugby and he's first choice. But my point about the clunkiness of the Welsh selection is 
Christian Dakey has been in much better form for his club than Scott Baldwin has. No, no away team's won any of these playoffs yet. And I think outside of that, the, the two Irish teams are clearly the two best teams in the league. So I, I'm excited because both Welsh teams can go there with just nothing to lose and just have a go, you know. Snaffy <coughs> uh, in particular because they're in good form. They play attractive rugby. And um, I'm going, I'm on a camping trip to watch it, so I'm going to be enjoying myself, yeah. Oh, magic. That's why it's raining so hard all week in this part of the world, because the the gods know I'm going camping. Yeah, that's it. Well, Mm. I mean, that that side, that should be, um, it should be a really good game. And I think the the interesting thing is that at times Leinster have looked a little bit vulnerable to sides who've taken it to them. We saw the Blues have a damn good go at them about a month or so Mm. ago. Admittedly, yeah. you know, not a, not an entirely full strength Leinster side, but if any side is capable of of throwing the ball around and causing a, a problem through the backs, then it, it probably is the Scarlets. Yeah, I mean, it, it it could be a thriller. I mean, um, or if it's not a thriller, it could just be really entertaining anyway, because both sides play attractive rugby, both got good set of backs, and uh, in, in contrast to something you're covering in the other half of the show which is Saracens being the uh, most powerful side in Europe. And uh, I, I'm not involved in that. That's because I think their back play is average. And it doesn't stop them being really effective. I'm not denying that at all. But there's shades of Pontypool about this style of play. Yeah, possibly. I, it's, it's an interesting one. I think they've got a couple of footballers that they rely on. I think Alex Goode is someone who, who gets mm. them ticking as much as, as much as anyone else. Yeah, but, I, but their, I, cent- yeah. their centres just play like two flankers. Yeah, they do, yeah. They, you know, they just... Uh, Bosch can't get in the Argentina squad anymore. Yeah, and, and Barrett, Barrett in the England squad. No, well, years, years too late, you can't get in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, um, I, I... Jumping in the bandwagon of the other part of the show, um, I'd much rather see Wasps win the league because they play a brand of rugby that I much I would much rather pay my money to watch. Yeah, no, like, likewise, I think it's as much as much as I, you know, no one can deny the effectiveness of the Saracens and particularly the, their pack. I would just much rather be a season ticket holder at, at Wasps, even though they're probably going to finish second. <laughs> Fair enough. And then just yeah. to finish somewhere somewhere a bit close to the home. Mm-hmm. Um, well. A bit closer to home, they're, they're playing away, but Cardiff Blues go away to Stade Francais. Oh yeah, kind of fresh off the back of the uh, the Parker Pen Shield win. Mm. Any hope there for the Blues away from home? Um, I, I, funny enough, I was looking trying to find out what channel is on. Do you know what broadcast? Yes, yeah, really. Yeah, they they right last minute. Is that this this Friday or next yeah, Friday? Friday, six p.m. kickoff. Believe it or not. Oh, amazing. Oh, okay. Um, well, bear in mind um, the way Cardiff's front five is being exposed against Gloucester, mm. and then the way Sad Francais um, shoved them around in the uh, Parker Pen, as we like to call it, yeah. final the other night. It doesn't bode well. And I mean, uh, Gethin Jenkins is he fit? I don't know. Who's, I don't know who's fit and who's not. Who's fit and who's not yeah, fit at the moment? For so um, you're down to rescale yeah, and then yeah. and then some teenager on the bench. So that that's going to be. I mean, uh, again, there's nothing to lose them. I mean, they could end up in a final against Connacht, but um, you know, go and have a go in it. But um, I wouldn't put any of my money on Carl. <laughs> 
Fair enough. All right, Murph. Well, enjoy the camping trip, and uh, yeah, providing you don't get you don't get rained out of Ireland, uh, we'll speak to you next week. Dan Killy, you've been called out here, much like um, I don't know. I'm guessing like a Tyson Fury calling out Anthony Joshua. I'm not sure which one is uh, which one is which out of you and Murph, but um, yeah, it looks like we've got a bit of a bit of heavyweight beef here on uh, on the go. Yeah, Murphy, you were really going for it there, weren't you? Yeah, he's uh, um, got, got a lot to say about you. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I'm not... You want to hear what he said off air? Jesus. <laughs> I'm... Very personal, some of it. Was it? No. I agree. Well, I was going to say, you know, I'm not sleeping too at the moment, so we're in the same boat on that front, but uh, <laughs> we're definitely in the ring when it comes to Baker versus King. Um, and it looks to be two-on-one, Murph, with uh, uh, the big man next to me, David, uh, against you, so we're both coming down your channel. I get, I get the feeling this this might have been your childhood here. Dan was hiding behind Dav. No, there are bigger boys in our school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! And good luck with the camping this weekend. Yeah, Jesus, that That's, doesn't. Uh, um, take, take your umbrella. Yeah, if the. Um, if the weather uh, if the weather is anything like it is here, that's yeah. going to be uh, that's going to be a real interesting one. I'm sure. I think you are going to probably have an absolute blinder. So I'm looking forward to hearing all about that next week. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll be sure to hear that next week. Should probably start then with um, with that game, I guess. So Leinster versus Leinster versus Scarlets, which is the the Friday night game. Which way is this one heading, Dav? What do you think? So I've obviously got got, got the stats. Oh, um, here he is. They're, they're not looking great, to be honest, you. So <laughs> since since the playoffs were implemented, in, I think 2011, mm-hmm. there's never ever been an away win in the semi-finals. Yeah. So I mean, history is not on our boys' side. Also, just a bit of a, but um, I guess a bit a bit of optimism. Whilst the semi-final has never necessarily gone our way finals actually have flipped so the Ospreys have run twice away yeah. at Leinster and actually there's been another win away from Glasgow against Munster albeit that was a, in Ulster's ground you know they have to travel across the seas I think the Ospreys I think the Ospreys <laughs> wins are, are well worth bringing up because you have a tendency to think well the final you know the final is played at a neutral venue and that's only happened in, in recent years yeah. When the Ospreys when the Ospreys managed that, it was at a fully packed RDS, wasn't it? They've only narrowly lost as well to both sides this year, haven't they? Got, you know, kick, you know, miss kick and a and a kick against them. So, yeah, a few th- another thing to cling on to. I think so. I think. Well, look at the Scarlets. The Scarlets have won more than they've lost against Irish teams this year. So they've won five of the eight games against the Irish provinces. So, yeah. I think you know the Scarlets. They're on a rich vein vein of form, aren't they? And you know their their yeah. squad is relatively. Um, fit there's not many too many injuries there so I think the Scarlets are, are going to go to play aren't they and you know if they get the rub of the green they could be in for a big result Dan you going with a win then for them I fancy the Scarlets actually a bit of an upset yeah I I'm really looking forward to that game as I am as I am both games but I I think Leinster will have too much for them for me they're the best they're the best side uh, in the league I just think they'll have a little bit too much over there what do you reckon, Jeff? I really think this is going to be a cracker. I, I think I've been so impressed with the Scarlets in you know in the past four or five months. They've, I think they're building something quite special there. And if you go back to, you know, we talk about history. Okay, the the playoff history might not um, might not be in in the favour of the Welsh sides there. But if you go back and look at some of the the great wins that the Scarlets and before that Flanetti have had in the in the Heineken Cup. 
it is a place that when they gather a bit of momentum, there's a sense of belief around that club. And, you know, I think they're going to have a damn good go at this. I think that a home advantage might just be too much. And if I, it's not even just a home advantage. I think it's the fact that it's Leinster, who is such a good side. I think it could be an agonising one-point defeat. Oh, well, I think it's going to be damn close. If you look at the Blues game when they ran Leinster close, I mean, obviously Leinster had almost switched off, thought the game mm. was in the bag. But I think Leinster, they do have their weaknesses. Um, and whilst they're, they're very sound up front, I think... They, when, they, when you run at them and when you put them on the back foot their defensive systems does, break, has, does have a habit of breaking down so I think for all their magic going forward I think you put them under pressure mm. and I think there's, there's, they genuinely look like there's a couple of cracks there plus there's a bit of that after the Lord's Mayor show for them isn't it they were obviously hanging on for the double mm. they got pretty comprehensively outplayed in their semi-final uh, loss in the, in the Champions Cup so I just feel like yeah, it's, it's going to go one of two ways. Either it's the best opportunity to bounce back and to put that wrong right. But actually, for me, I feel like the Scarlets play exactly the right brand of rugby to put them under pressure and to actually you know, penetrate that defence. There's no pressure on them either, is there? Because yeah. everyone's thinking that Leinster are going to win. You know Pivak <clears throat> and Jones would have done their homework and they'll find the little weaknesses. And, um, yeah, I really hope for a Scarlets win. Are we going to see an absolute tri-fest on, on Friday night? We know, we know both sides are brilliant in attack. I'm sure Dav's working on some stats here. Dan, what do you think? I think it, it all depends how how Leinster approach the game because we know what the Scarlets will 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 do and want to do. I just think it'll actually if if Leinster play an open game, I think it'll play into the Scarlets' hands. So I wouldn't be at all surprised for them to keep it rel- or try and keep it relatively tight. If I was the, if I was in the Leinster team and coaching it, that's what I would do. I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to give them too much open ball because the Scarlets will punish you. So I'm changing my vote. It's pouring on Friday night uh, in Dublin. I'm going for a Leinster win, 20 points. And I'm going for the mighty Murph to have 20 points. That's what, uh, that's what I reckon. Yeah. I, I said pack your umbrella. You'll need more than your umbrellas. <laughs> Aside from, um, as, I mean, yeah, the, the weather always will always have a big, a big knock on them. Um, effect on uh, on that. I, I can only hope then that the weather's wrong because I would love to see both sides putting out their um, you know, really going for it yeah. and, and showing the best that they've got to offer in attack. Let's hope, let's hope the weather can uh, can change then because yeah, it'll uh, it'll definitely have an impact on that game, won't it? But thankfully for the Ospreys, it's raining in Limerick on the Saturday. But actually, they probably don't mind the weather, the Ospreys, especially if Vigas playing a ten. Absolutely. It, yeah. So I've studied the weather heavily, and that's why <laughs> I've been back here. The, I fancy the Ospreys. Oh, Dan, Dan Killick on the old four-week weather uh, report has managed to managed to pull yeah. this out of the bag, has he? Yeah, I got him on a pager. Um, <laughs> I really fancy the Ospreys in this. Bigger back. What were you going to say? I just, it just reminded me of um, of working at Talksport where I used to work, and they went through this phase of I don't know if they still do it, but it was either Michael Fish or John Ketley. They would get one of them on to talk about the weather. Um, ahead of the ahead of the weekend so I don't know maybe that's yeah. something you want to have a look into yeah, yeah if we can yeah yeah maybe we should you know get him, Michael Fish no, no. no. Not, in, not in the contact book unfortunately <laughs> okay we'll work on that then yeah I know um, um, I know Murph knows Dan Fish <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah the, uh, the Glamorgan Wanderers connection yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah Ospreys couple of couple of big boys back aren't they yeah, absolutely. Big, big boys, and um, a lot of this, a lot of this poor f- running form. You know, some pundits have said has been down to the loss of, of Bigger and Alan Wynne Jones. Is that the case? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Sim- as simple as that. 
I think it is as simple as that. Yeah, they've missed they've missed them. They've looked completely rudderless, clueless without them, haven't they? They'll come back in, they'll make an enormous difference. And I really <clears> fancy <throat> the Ospreys to do a job on Munster. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere, emotionally charged, isn't it, with Foley, um, you know, passing. It's, 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 a, it's a game that you, as a road player, would love to play in. And as I said earlier, the, the Ospreys have run, have run them very, very close, haven't they? Both Leinster and Munster. So... They won't be fearing them. And the Ospreys bench, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but they do have depth there. So if Paul James doesn't start, I mean, he was immense a couple of weeks ago. Um, and they've got genuine depth across their entire team. So I think, for me, Munster, it's, it's a really funny one this year. I think they've overachieved, probably, you know, striving emotionally to put a couple of, you know, very personal tragedies behind them. But I, I do feel that that was all their energy was going into the Champions Cup for that. Now they're out. I just wonder, you know, actually, as players, are they as good as the level they've been playing at? There's a lot of guys there who aren't necessarily internationals. And you look at the Ospreys team, it's littered with them. So mm, actually, yeah. I feel on paper, if you put a, comb- a combined side together, the Ospreys would dominate that. It's a, it's a huge year. marker as well for <clears throat> Alan Wynn to put down. He's coming, you know, be coming back in, being out with injury. No one's talking about him as a, as a, as a lion starter. He'll want to make it make an impression, and there's no better time than on in that game. And also, we know that Dan is mighty, mighty competitive, so he'll want to make his point. And then Sam Davis, you know, will be there or thereabouts as well. So, yeah, it's uh, you can tell I'm pretty excited. Yeah, no, I I think they've. I think one of the biggest things that plays into Osprey's favour is they're being written off by virtually every every pundit and journalist under the sun. He's kind of going, well, it's it's going to be too difficult for them. And to be honest, I think that that does take a bit of the that'll take some of the pressure off. Sorry, Beck's back in as well. Mm. So another another key player. So all you know, the four of them coming back in at this time will give a massive lift to those other boys. Obviously, they'll take a few of the places, won't they? They will. Maybe a bit of a shift to them on the bench, but yeah. Any danger of lack of match practice though, and expecting too much from players being out injured, Dove? I think with the, the big game players, you know. I think you can rely on them to come back in. I think if there was a kid coming back mm. and there was a lot of expectation on the shoulders, maybe. But, you know, Alan Wynn's been there, done it, seen it, bought the T-shirt. So I don't feel that's an issue. And actually, one of the most exciting things is some of the youngsters who have been playing consistently, you know, someone like Giles behind a pretty poor pack for last month, if they get some go forward, that guy is simmering and giving mm. a good night. Yeah, he's called... He's caught a couple of good tries, isn't he? And defensively, he's looked strong. So. Yeah. yeah, even on a wet and windy yeah. Limerick night. Eh? He, yeah, he looked... Judged he made, made the right calls, didn't he? So, two two great games, really. And two games that, as we've talked about here, you know, both the Scarlets could, can win and the Ospreys can, but they've, they've got to go out with everything, haven't they? Yeah, they do. Like I say, I, th- I think it's it's the position that generally Welsh sides like to be in is being written off and being the underdog I think it, it suits with the yeah. with the Welsh characteristic and you know I, I think the Scarlets are a very very good team so I think if you underestimate them there is always the danger that, that they might get that Leinster might get caught a bit cold there yeah. um, I mean look how well they, look how well um you know, puts that uh, that Saracens performance doesn't into perspective. Oh, you know, what a performance! So yeah, I know it was at home, but but nonetheless, the, the way uh, they played very well. So out of the out of the whole of the the two last seasons of um, of European rugby, they must be what the only the only side to hold them to a draw because they haven't been beaten during that time, have they? 
or they haven't been beaten very often if they have yeah. been. So I think, you know, they're, they're right up there. I'm still saying I think it's going to be an Ospreys Leinster final. Mm. But, you know, I think that game at the RDS will be a cracker. Mm. Okay. What a great position for us to be in as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is good. Too. And uh, yeah, I think it's particularly if you rewind yeah. 12 months and go how bloody boring it was. Uh, you know, obviously a great story for Connacht, but yeah. at the same time, yeah. you know, you just want to see those Welsh sides in there. So. And the heroes there in the Scarlet Sunday coming from absolutely nowhere, really. You know, early on in the season, it, was, it wasn't looking good. And people were calling for Pivak's head mm. after three or four games. Yeah. And you look, at, you look at where they are now and go, right, well... Well, he's got to take a massive amount of credit for that. Statue of him, no? He's doing a good job. Yeah, there will be a, there will be a statue if they can pull this off. I think so. Um, yeah, best of luck to both of those sides. Before any of that happens, the Blues travel away to Stade Francais during school hours, by the look of it, mm-hmm. which is uh, absolute nightmare. Um, yeah, kickoff time for that I thought was six o'clock, but it's six o'clock Paris time, isn't it? Five o'clock GB. Oh Jesus! So that's what? Yeah, that's about seven o'clock Killick time. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I, this is a tough ask for the Blues, isn't it? Well, it's it's a big ask because not only do they have to go and win this week, but then there's probably Northampton the week after. So to get into Europe next year actually looks like a, you know, it's, it's their Everest. And mm. to ask you, one of those games, you can see maybe on the flip of a coin, something happens. To go and have to back it up the week after is asking a lot. And, you know, Stade Francais, I'm not sure if anyone caught the Parker Pen final last Friday, but they took Gloucester apart um, in the second half. They, they yeah. got a massive pack. They used their rugby league rotating uh, substitutions yeah. with Slimani coming on and off the bench whenever he fancied it. And they wore them down. And in the end, they've got a couple of massive centres. They just walked through Gloucester. And whilst the scoreline was relatively close, I never felt Stad actually were out of control in the second half and you look at their team Genio at 9 pulls the strings they've got Police on at 10 Dante was a bit of a French revelation at 12 and then they've got some real nuggety players in the forwards you know he, he scored a he's got a good try a of a try but also good. you've got Parise he was offload last week yeah it's yeah, outrageous it's the, so, st- I think it's the stuff that gifts and vines were yeah, made yeah, for yeah, exactly. is those little um, offloads and bear in mind that the Gloucester beat the Blues 46-20 only a couple of weeks ago it's a big ask and I think the only way we can get something out of this is the stab pack are big so we're not going to outmaster them but we do need to at least have a bit of parity so I'd be looking at two specialist second rows for this not throwing Macaulay Cook in there you know Hoota seems to have played well over the last couple of weeks and then you the know Mystery All Black Mystery All Black <laughs> Secret All Black he's playing well he's playing he well is, yeah. maybe if Earl's fit sticking him in the second row just for a bit of bit of grunt the back row picks itself it's harsh on it's harsh on Macaulay Cook just because I think he's done a really good job in difficult circumstances you know if he was a bit bigger exactly um, I think he'd be a cracking second row well he is a cracking second row but it's it's hard at the top level at that top level to get away with it 120 kg 120 kg but then you look at (laughs) the the benchmark exactly but then the back row picks itself Navidi Ellis and Nick Williams if Warburton's out you know they can cause damage and they're they're a decent unit Mm. But I think in the, it's the back line for me that really has to has to front up. And that's why I wouldn't want to see Matt Morgs in there. Run Williams, you know I'm a fan. Yeah. Stick him at full back. He's a, he's a physical guy. And then a return probably for Tom James on the left wing. And then Cathy on the right, yeah. And he's obviously got the um, the two dancing step, hot steppers in the middle. 
that's, that's got to be the Blues' best chance, hasn't it? Yeah. Like again, I don't know if you know the Parisian weather report there. It's raining. Oh, it is yeah. raining. Okay. Yeah, it's a good, it's a great weekend. So we haven't got the, the French equivalent of Michael Fish, whatever that is, Michel yeah. Poisson. <laughs> um, <laughs> good. Could have an effect on ten though, couldn't it? With the, in the wet. Yeah, Anscombe is, Anscom yeah. isn't the best, and we know. And with the pack going backwards potentially. Yeah. yeah so I mean, I think that, I think that the hope for the Welsh is, and for, for the, the Blues rather, is a bit of a game like Leinster. Stad go up and switch off. And then we get a chance to start counter-attacking when they've made some substitutions. And, you know, if that happens, all bets are off. But on paper, it looks like a stad win. And then stad going over to Northampton next week. Um, that could be an interesting game. Uh, absolutely. And, um, yeah, you have to try and sneak out of work early to to catch that one or um, or uh, set your Sky Pluses. Because, uh, yeah, it's on, a, it's on a silly o'clock. But, yeah, if you do want to watch that one, uh, kick-off is 5pm UK time. And the games on S4C, so um, yeah, quite a quite a night of rugby mm-hmm. on um, yeah. on Friday night. On, um, yeah, or early evening rather. Or early evening, yeah, yeah exactly. You um, get to watch that one down with your your busy juggling kids kind of um, schedule. No, I'll probably, that'll be uh, that'll be that'll be a four in the morning. The early morning some, feed, yeah. Yeah, some just just pop downstairs and uh, <laughs> grab it at some ridiculous hour. Yeah, I'm watching the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah, for me, if if Anscom plays well, Cardiff win. Yeah, just bringing it back to rugby yeah, there very yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, fair Absolutely. enough. Um Right then, a couple of things to, to round up on. We mentioned the, the Wales squad a bit earlier. A little bit of news with that. So Jake Ball is looking like it, it could be an injury worry for, mm. for the tour, which all of a sudden means that's, that... That's a big issue. It does. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is a big issue, but... I think we all know that I'm edging ever closer to getting that to getting that emergency <laughs> call up because um, there's not going to be many second rowers out there, is there? Well, if you were fitting into that bigger size suit, you would have been all right. Oh, I see. I'd, I'd, if I'd have known that Dav was know. insisting on 120 kgs, you've been on your bike too much. I see. Yeah, 120 kgs. The the form of 2008, where I just drank Guinness and smoked relentlessly. I reckon I might have uh, <laughs> snuck on there, but. Um, uh, yeah, joking aside, there's, there's not going to be many fit second rows out there, is there? No. It's, a, it's a quite an experienced back five of that scrum now with Ball gone, isn't it? Yeah. It's exciting. The back row I still think is exciting. I love the look of the back yeah. row, but I would have liked two gnarly bastard locks in there. Yeah. I would have actually liked to have seen um, Bradley Davison and Luke Charis out there just for experience to make sure we have a platform and, and you can see that back rower because I think we're venturing into that, that dangerous territory of wholesale changes yeah, from yeah. Uh, from the you know the, the usual Welsh lineup, second row, the arguably probably the most the most important position maybe on this on this tour, you know providing the backup in the scrum. I don't know how much of a how much of a they're not going to be known for being that 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 good up front today. But win it mean to win the ball. Well, they're not that? they're not in the front. And it's more of a back five than a yeah. front five, if you know what I mean, because yeah. their their back row are going to carry hard. Mm. Second rows are going to hit rucks, nice and illegal. It, yeah, everything's on beard now, isn't it? I mean, we are put, literally putting everything on him. Yeah, well, I think. Do you remember only a couple of years ago in the autumn when we got shoved off our own ball by the mm. S- yeah. South Seas team? So, I think. I mean, I hope Charteris took out some travel insurance on wherever he's going on the summer holiday. Yeah. It'd be great to have him down there because. I think that the, the concern for me is, you know, I mean, it's sink or swim, isn't it? You could stick the two young locks in and see how they see how they do. Um, or, and obviously, Corey Hill's gone, Mosley's finest. Yeah. Or you know, we ask Charteris not to have a to have a holiday. It's going to be an interesting one. But 
it makes James King's role actually ironically even more important yeah. because as a lineup option yeah. he is going to have to be the go-to man yeah would you go would you go Corey Hill or would you check in the check in the I think, I think you've got to in a little you know Corey Hill with his whatever it is three caps off the bench worth of experience you don't feel you can have I think you've got to go with that and I think beans. you go with I think you go with um, probably Beard I think because again Hill's not you know he's not the most imposing of second rowers I don't think you know I mean, you've, yeah. you've got probably Thornton Beard and Hill in the mix Beard's a big guy Thornton is a tall guy and obviously Hill's got the most experience which isn't much so a combination of those three is probably playing we see Thorn- I think we see Thornton start if he, he's if a good line option yeah and then yeah. Beard or Hill depending on where they how, how they're going to go probably Hill's will start and then yeah, Beard off Beard the bench come on but at the same, you know, on the same end, if if these boys, when these boys are injured, it does give them op- it does give them opportunities, and the only way they're going to get better is to is to bloody be in that environment. Well, like we said before, you get to play in a test match <clears throat> environment without the glare of um, of the Welsh press on yeah. you as well. So yeah. it is a, it is a good opportunity to blood players. And the expect we have to be a little bit we have to lower our expectations a bit as well, don't we? If we if we're going away on these tours, of course. I mean, yeah, four years ago we lost to Japan, didn't we? Which yeah, was um, it one one loss, one win? Yeah, but. You know, yeah. I mean, in Eng- England's play team is 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 uh, an odd one, isn't it? They're picking up players from all sorts, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they've gone. It's quite it's quite strange actually. What they're lately it isn't. Well, they're basically in a couple there's the rule in 2020 coming in. So before then, they're trying to count yeah. as many people as physically possible. It's not sitting too well, is it? With but then I also think there's there's some strange decisions with a lot of the second stringers. You know that he's not having a look at, and he's opting for <laughs> you know for kind of under 20s players. To go out there, mm. um, you know these was it the Curry twins in the well, Ewells is in as well. Um, I can't even pronounce the guy from Sowers as Ikeweski, mm. but you know they. I think that one thing that England always do is they produce big men who somehow just slot in seamlessly. Yeah, and I think you know it wouldn't hurt us, I guess, to have a bit more optimism behind Baird and Thornton. And, yeah, no, that's yeah, a good show. Yeah, that when, when if they don't if they don't get game time over there. When are they going to get good yeah, time? No, absolutely. We, I just we, we need I, to see him. Really I'm just. Well. I think the thing we've said a number of times is wary of making so many changes that you want a solid platform so you can see what either Anscombe or Davis is able to do at ten, and see how different variations in the back line work and see how that back row goes. So for me, I'd have picked a yeah. really, really hard front five, and then I'd experimented in some of the other positions. Yeah. But um, but nonetheless, you know. It might be the it might be the making of some of these players. Like we said, Rory Thornton was a really talented player at, at age grade, and you know is, is potentially finding that step up a little bit a little bit difficult. This could be you know this could well be the tour that you look back on and go, well, that's you know that's where he he really made the step up. That makes it yeah. It'd be interesting to see if Seb uh, if Seb gets to play, wouldn't it? I mean, he's, he will he? at this rate. Well, yeah, he could be could, he could be starting at this rate, couldn't he? But he he's he looked good, didn't he, for Ponty? Um, but as we've said, the, the step up between the Premiership, mm, then coming right. up into the Blues, even, and then you're on a you're on a Wales tour. But again, he's it's, yeah, it's not his fault. But again, it just shows we've got to sort out that. that he's had about 15 minutes worth of rugby, but there's obviously something in there that, that the selectors have seen. And while we're on the topic of, of selectors and coaches, another coaching casualty. So there's more there's more personnel dropping out of coaches than there are players at the moment. So Stephen Jones won't be going on the tour. What would you make of that, Dan? I don't know. It is peculiar, doesn't it? It makes you think is this, is, it's a little bit fishy, but um, 
he's put it down to isn't he working with the working with the Scarlets I think over the over the summer. I'm disappointed. Um, I would have loved to have seen what he what, you know what he could have done with um, our exciting backline. Um, it's just a real shame, I think. Mm. But um, he, he must have his reasons. I just something doesn't quite stack up, does it? Yeah, I think it's really disappointing, though, isn't it? Because it is. They've played so well, those Scarlet's backs this season, and I would like. It's the one thing we've been crying out for is to see more adventure and a Welsh backline that that plays with a bit more dynamism and just gets us excited. And even though it's a development tour, it'd be lovely to see what he was able to do with a, a set of players in a short period of time. I guess, you know, for him, it's about what he develops with Stephen Jones as well. Yeah. I think if Gatlin's going on the, tr- the tour and he can learn from him, there's something in it for him. I think outside of the prestige of coaching Wales, what does he get from learning from McBride? And you compare that to the, the Ireland tour, they've got Ogawa going out for the American leg of the tour then Gervin Dempsey for the first week in Japan and then Felix Jones for the mm. final week but they're all learning from Smith yeah. who is a fantastic coach Stephen Jones probably has more to learn from Pivak in a full pre-season with the Scarlets than he does yeah. going down on a holiday for four weeks in the South Pacific so you know it, it's a tough one but it's probably reality yeah it's a really it's a really good point isn't it he'll, he'll, it's potentially better for him to stay at, stay at home keep learning yeah. and um He'll get his opportunity again. Is he, you know, has he backed out because he's a little bit worried about the tour? I don't think he's that type of chap. I think it's probably just down to his dad pointed out. Maybe, maybe. But why so late? That's the thing. Yeah. That, that you know, why, why accept the role? He knew all of this before. He knew who the coaches were. Is it easier to pull out than go, once Danny's pulled out? Is it easier to then? I think it's easier if Danny's pulled say, out, but Danny's reasons seem easier. I don't know. You, know, you never know what goes on yeah. um, behind the scenes here, and it, it is just speculation, but. It's a yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think it's a shame because I would have liked to have seen what um, what a young set of backs could have um, could have achieved with a, with a, a yeah. coach like him. On, on on a on a flip side, it is it is it's positive in that you know Danny Wilson needs you know because he has to probably spend time with the Blues and be with those boys. And then Stephen Jones as well wants to be involved in the Scarlet setup. Um, we've you know I think you've been a little bit critical of of you know Gatland leaving Wales in the you know, in the uh, in the poop, then mm. um, you know our home coaches are wanting to be with their their boys, their family. So you know, it's it's quite nice. To, well, I mean, family. I mean, their rugby family. It's also Not. also worth dwelling on the fact that the Scarlets are now confirmed for the Champions Cup next yeah. year. So there's a big job to do, isn't there, in terms of getting that squad ready? Yeah. And actually, the blessing they've had is a lot of their players haven't been selected for the trips. So actually, they've got a hell of a lot of work to get through in pre-season, pretty much uninterrupted. Mm. Yeah. So there's a big opportunity for the Scarlets to you know steal a march on yeah. some of the other clubs. He is die-hard Scarlets mm. as well, isn't it? He is. He's. He's. That's everything to him. Yeah. Yeah. And when you speak to people in and around the club, they did a big. They had a big pre-season last season, didn't they? And um, they went. There was a, a training session with New Zealand Warriors, whatever the, the rugby league side is. Pivot was very keen to take them to different environments and show them. And show them different things. So again, you wonder whether there's another big preseason lined up for Probably, uh, yeah. for Scarlets. Would it impact the Scarlets if he's not there over the summer? Of course, it would, wouldn't it? Massively, if he's not involved. Yeah. So, yeah, but the Scarlets, the Scarlets must be delighted. Yeah, I do, yeah, I'm sure they are. But I, I don't know. I just find it. I find it a bit strange that it's that it's happened proper eleventh hour rather than yeah, that's what makes you think in the first place. Because of the timing, it makes you think there's there's something more to it, doesn't it? Indeed. Right. Um, last couple of bits, a bit of transfer news. Uh, um, 
cult hero, um, if you can call him that, cult big man, Celesi Mafu, um, who Blues fans I'm sure will remember probably not so fondly, um, has, uh, has left Gloucester after God, what not, shock, not very long. Shock horror. Yeah, um, heading over to heading over to play in France. Um, where I'm sure um, the rest of the Saga crew in uh, Narbonne collecting their pensions Piri Rupu Stephen Brett good luck to him yeah I saw a brilliant I can't remember who the, the tweet was from but it said local restaurateurs must be delighted mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which, I think is a, which I think is a fair point um, a more exciting signing for the Pro 12 sadly not for one of the Welsh regions um, Glasgow picked up Leo Masanga 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 yeah, yeah. I think the guy who won, he won the Super Rugby with the Chiefs a couple of years ago yeah. he's been playing in Japan the guy is absolutely quality. He's been in that back three with Savavatu a couple of years ago, and they were electric. So I mean, Glasgow—they've been pretty, um, pretty decent at recruiting top talent over the last couple of years, and he looks like a real find. And yeah, their backs know how to know how to get the ball out yeah. to the wingers as well, don't they? So I think that's um, that's potentially a really good, um, really good signing. Scarlets have signed, uh, re-signed a load of uh, a load of youngsters as well. I, I, Stupidly, haven't made a note of all those four players who signed. So Steph Hughes, Tom Phillips, McLeod. Yeah, Tom Phillips. McLeod has been a really Tom good sign for them as well. And yeah, and Tom Price has done a job. Tom Price is the guy who came from Leicester. Isn't That's he? right. He yeah, twenty, but he's he's played well when he's come on this year. Six ten years. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there was a definite shout for him. He's over one twenty. Mm. He is over one twenty. There was a shout for him getting on the tour, really, wasn't there? Yeah. What he. You may, you may get a call on it. Yeah. Well, let's just be delighted that Tabern did not get an island call for mm. the island tour. So, fingers crossed, another two years in Wales, we've got another lock. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, let's not get, on to, let's not get on to residency, <laughs> shall we? Right. Um, Josh McLeod, yeah, he has been good, isn't he? Yeah, been really impressive. Picked up, picked up an injury, didn't he, I think, 2016-ish, um, 2015. He does look very good, doesn't he? Yeah, he I mean, does. Another, yeah. Um, yeah, another kind of quality young back rower in Wales it's just keeps keeps it's going insane isn't it at the moment yeah. but there we go right um, just a couple of things to keep you up to date with so as Lions Fever starts to build um, you may remember a couple of weeks ago we did a Lions Memories podcast where me Dan and Dave chatted about some of our favourite memories we've got a couple more of these coming up as well so we're going to be chatting to a few more a few characters old and new from uh, kind of friends of the podcast so We'll be uh, chatting about um, around that, so expect a few of those to come up in the next few weeks. And obviously, feel free to share your favourite Lions memories with us, or let us know what you think about anything we've been saying at Attack and Scrum on Twitter. Uh, search for us on Facebook and leave us a review if you've enjoyed it. We'll be back same time next week.